The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how are you doing? Sure. Go, oh, come yes. on. Just give me something. <laughs> give me like a little excitement. Come on. I know we're that I know was that was exciting. I know All we're right. in a holding pattern holding pattern. Um I get it. I know. Again, here we again, go. Yeah, I know. But uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Brighter days are to come. Um we have a lot of a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. But first, before we get going, don't forget to follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself on X at Jared underscore Tim's Nate at Nate Green 34. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't forget to hit the bell. Don't forget to subscribe. I can't thank everybody enough for watching and following along. Talking Halos here. It's 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 really awesome. I, I really do enjoy seeing all of the growth that we've had here. Um, all of this, if you're watching us on YouTube, I point up, point down, all this fun stuff that we have going on here. Um, all because of you what guys, the followers, the watchers. So thank you. Thank you so much for watching, following. Um, if you don't already follow, subscribe, hit the bell, 
um that ding thing whatever it is i had to say it because i know we just got off the phone with, the bro- yeah. with my brother and he's like say yeah. that say that so um had to say it but yeah hit the bell let it let, let you know it'll notify you when we get this stuff um out for you guys i know a little up and down but monday wednesdays friday is when we're working on getting <laughs> stuff out working on getting interviews working on getting a lot of fun things here going into the season we'll have taylor blake ward on next week because we have international signing stuff coming up and that's my favorite time of the year if you guys like international signings and like to follow i have it all you can follow me on uh, X at Jared underscore Tim's. You'll you'll know the latest and uh, earliest on all that fun stuff when it happens on Monday, January fifteenth. But first, let's get it rolling here, Nate. We have some rule changes I want to go over, and then we got some some rumor mill stuff. So hang in there. I got some fun angel stuff to talk about too. There's some interesting interesting names out there. I know sure, fun. It's gotta have. I know we're in a holding pattern. We'll talk about that, yeah. but. Let's talk rule changes first. We have a little pitch clock. We have some mound visits um, being changed around, runner running lane being changed around, and pitchers warming up. This is all according to MLB on Fox here. Um, let's start off with the pitch clock. Pitch clock goes from 20 to 18 seconds. Um, I'm scared about where the pitch clock goes in the future, but for right now, two seconds, I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, I do think we see increased injuries, not because of that two seconds, just because of the pitch clock in general. I think we saw it last year, not with elbow injuries, but with arm injuries. And that's that does worry me. But a two second increase, it's not going to make the game any different, I don't think, um, at least from that standpoint. Again, last year we said we think it's going to help the Angels. It didn't help the Angels. Um, I think it hurt the Angels a little bit. You look at a guy like Patrick Sandoval, I think that hurt him a little bit. Um, but anything to say on the pitch clock moving by two seconds? I don't know. I think it gave him less opportunity to pout for the whole the whole inning. You know, there was there was less time for him to pout. Um, the pitch clock. I'm not a huge fan of it going any lower. I think 20 was good. The fact that we had pitch clock violations in the playoffs is an absolute joke. Like um, that would have been something that would have made more sense. Like if you're going to go to 18 seconds, once it gets to postseason baseball, no pitch clock. Like yeah. there there needs to be something that's different because like. It's okay to have different rules in the regular season compared to the postseason. I mean, the runner on second is not a thing in the postseason, but it is a thing in the regular season. So, like, things like that, um, I don't understand, like, what is this going to shave off? Maybe five minutes of the game? Like, there's no reason. It's not that big of a deal. Five minutes. Like, the fact that games were so quick last year at 2.30, 2.45, like, they were, they were super quick. There's no reason to shave five more minutes off of these games. Like, just allow the guys to get used to 20, 20 seconds uh, pitch clock. So I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but, you know, it's what happens when you let a guy do things when he never played. Yeah. So uh, mound visits go from five to four. Again, I'm actually a fan of the mound visit. I Again, I, I'm not like this doesn't change the game, in my opinion, um, going from five to four. But I like more mound visits, as weird as it sounds. I think that that is that's needed um, at the end of the day. Like, I think you – if you're going to make this game analytical, you need to have more mound visits to talk about things. Um, so I think this is, again, I, I'd rather see more mound visits. I'd rather see more pitching changes, but I get speed of the game and all that um, that's going on. Do you have anything on five to four mound visits as a pitching coach, man? Like, Yeah, the, the one thing that I I don't see too much in the pro game is you don't see mound visits used like against teams. Like as as odd as that sounds, like when things start to spiral, it's like, oh, we'll just kind of let him let him roll like teams are scared to use the mound visits. It's almost like a, uh, NFL head coach where he's like scared to use his timeouts. Yeah. Um, 
just because he needs them later. Like that, that's kind of what it feels like with some of these teams. It's like, Ooh, I don't want to take a mound visit in the first inning guys walk the first two barriers of the game. I'll just hope that he gets out of it. And then by the time it's already spiraled for the guy, the guy's given up two or three runs. He's got one out and he's got first and second still. It's like, Oh, now I'll go take my mound visit. It's like, you could have taken that four batters ago and we might've been in a different spot. So I, I don't love the five to four thing. Uh, I think five was kind of a good number because you could limit like the pitching coach. You only get three, the position players you get, you can take as many as you want, but the pitching coach can take no more than three in a game. And it's like, Hey, the other two can be position players. Position players could take three pitching coaches could take two, whatever. Um, I, I just don't understand. Like these mound visits aren't that long. Like no. that's the other thing too, is like, by, it's not by like the they're t- having by the time the pitching it. coach goes out, the the umpire's already running out there anyways. So it's yeah, like it's it's not like we're we're having to go on commercial for these pitching coach mound visits or player mound visits. It's like these things are twenty seconds long, maybe thirty seconds by the time everything go like happens. Like just leave it alone. Yeah, and if you're talking about like the money and and not going on commercial, I think they started taking commercial breaks in mound during mound visits now. But it's like the partial commercial break if it's you not a real commercial not, break but not but not oh i know we'll get on to the it's it's fine i like i said i i think baseball takes more strategy i think you need more more not more mound visits but five is fine you don't need to reduce you're not doing anything um and you definitely need to figure it out in in the playoffs that's for sure so mm-hmm. um uh r- running lanes running lanes um it looks like down to this first, was the one that i was interested in yeah yeah down, down to first base they're increasing they're opening that up they're not going to have the um, the running lane that you see going down to first base. So um, that weird white chalk line that, that you see, that's not going to be there anymore. Um, I don't know. I've, I haven't thought about how this affects the game. That was always, and you like I, who always like to not, I don't want to say beg for outs, but that was, a, that was a rule that I always like to try to take advantage of. You get some, you get a quick runner down the line. He put those a bunt down. Do you ever throw it in the back of someone mm-hmm. in someone's back mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. I did that all the time. And I would be like, interference and no umpire ever knew at lower levels what the hell was going on so they're like oh yeah interference um that was always one of my favorite things to do with the- lower levels i mean we have guys in the big yeah you have guys in the big leagues that do it that are smart they don't that like still don't understand umpires still don't understand rules but um we'll see how this affects games i i just don't like if they take a step in the grass like you now you're just now you're just trying not trying to but now you expand the um you you expand the arguments that happen because like what if he's in the grass but he's never stepped didn't step on the grass right like what if his body's in the grass but he's not stepping on the grass right like well he's he touched his elbow with the ball and his elbow's in the grass but uh his whole body's in the dirt it's like i mean i don't know like it's 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 kind of ridiculous like i don't think anybody this is for me the running lane is like a catch in football. Like nobody knows what a catch actually is. Nobody knows where the running lane is, where, what the running lane is, like, what can you do? What can't you do? I've seen some stupid, stupid calls made on, on, on the running lane. So um, I'll let you talk about it, but I think that nobody knows it's, it's again, it's like a a catch in the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, this doesn't really help with like, Oh, this is the answer is like obvious now. Um, and I don't like the way this would look, but like having two bases would make more sense than killing than than doing what they did to the running lane because now guys are are going at base like the outside or 
one base and the the players on the other base, so they're not having to fight over one base. So I think that would have made more sense than what they're doing. But they're let's just put it this way: Manfred again doesn't really know. He never really played, so it, it's hard for him to understand these things. I, I don't want to get into that, but I I, I I get it with the Manfred thing. But Manfred is, yeah, I I don't. There's no good comparison for Rob Manfred because everybody hypes. It's everybody talks about the commissioner of baseball like it's like a crazy thing, but there also is a commissioner of players too. Like I don't think people really understand that and really know that. Um, there's the, there's a commissioner of, of, of baseball, mm-hmm. uh, of, of players, and he gets no slack at all from anything. He's there to protect the players. Um, it's not, who is it? I'm trying to think. Tony Clark. Tony Clark. I was going to say Dave Parker for some reason, and I, I don't know why, but Tony, Tony Clark, um, is, is the, is the head of, I can't even think of what his title is. What is his title? What's Tony Clark's um, title? Isn't he technically in player association? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. So, so I, I get putting putting this on Rob Manfred, but at the same time, it's like things need to pass through two levels. It's not just Manfred making up rules and things like but that. But Manfred has final say. Yes. Like, yes, there, there's. It's almost like the the presidential power they're, where they're, like they can both say like, "Hey, this is this is the idea we're going to run with." Tony, what do you think? Ooh, I don't really love this idea. And Manfred's going to be like. Well, guess what? I have final say, so either get on board and make it sound like you care, or I'm just going to make it look like you're weak. And then Tony Clark will go, and be like, oh, this is a good idea for the game, yada, yada, yada. So, like, yes, there is Tony Clark, but, like, because the way the rules were structured in the CBA and everything, like, Tony Clark has no power compared to to Manfred. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, it's like Artie, same thing, like, everybody gives shit for Artie or give shit for Perry and things. It's like, dude, there's so many different, different guys that are in on this. And my dog is being ridiculous right now. I apologize if you see me laughing and you probably saw him in the background over here. Um, he's just diving all over the place. This big, great Dane. So um, uh, last rule before we get on to some angels news here um, after that running lane rule uh, pitchers warming up. Um, I believe that if a pitcher warms up to start the inning, that they cannot come out with that first batter. We don't see it happen very often. Um, that's if they're coming out for a second inning, if that makes sense, or to start to start an inning, um, to start a new inning after they came in. They have to face that first batter. I, we, we don't see it very often with with starters. I'd say we see it more with relievers and and a. You, you don't man, see it too often at all. No, honestly. not Like this you is you used to see it a lot more, and it used to be a big thing in the playoffs, but not. I feel like you just don't see the matchups happening too much anymore. It might happen like once, once a year. Like this isn't again. This is something that that doesn't happen too often. Like, not really needed to change the rules for this one thing that happens once a once a year or something like that. But like, you know, whatever. If, it's if, like we need to, if, we need we need to be in the news. We need to change a rule. Like that's yeah the, something. So, um, in the exact terms that ML, um, Fox uses, a pitcher who is sent out to warm up for the inning must face at least one batter. I know I explained it yeah. horribly, but that's, that's the rule there. Um, again, it's something that very barely ever happens anymore, but um, when it does happen for the first time and somebody hits home run, it's going to be like, well, if they didn't change the rule, you know, it's going mm-hmm. to happens once, once every 20, maybe not 20 games, but once every 
you know, this will probably happen like once every three months. Like this is going to happen two or three times throughout the whole year. It's not going to happen often. I was going to, I was going to say it's going to happen a little bit more than that, but yes, I I get what you're saying. It just doesn't happen. Fantastic. Those are some rule changes going into effect. Let's talk a little bit of angels rumors here. Should have started off with this one, but um, John Heyman reported the angels are in a holding pattern. I, I, I just don't acknowledge that John Heyman's a real well, then why, then we reporter. We shouldn't acknowledge this uh, th- this report then, right? I don't acknowledge anything he reports because it's all wrong. That's fine. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll still talk about it. John Heyman reports that the Angels are in a holding pattern. Um, I don't know where how to take this because Angels have been in the news a lot. We've talked about it a lot, though, and 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 listeners and watchers of this show have talked about it. Have watched. Uh, have talked about it a lot as well. Um, are the angels possibly being used by um, by ex- not executives, but I, I mean, agents. by other teams, but it could be being used by other teams, too, but by other by agents to increase the value of their players. Angels been in on a lot of players this year. Um, seems like they haven't really made any progress on any of those players. So we'll we'll see. The angels are continuing, continuing to be linked to certain players. Um, one guy that we'll mention here is Jorge Soler. They're mentioning Teoscar Hernandez, um, Shohei. They've almost been mentioning everybody. Imanaga, um, Yamamoto. They were mentioned in. So it, it, it's it's almost been everybody. So to say the Angels are in a holding pattern is like kind of stating the obvious. But my question to you is: Does this worry you um, now for the rest of the rest of the off season, or do you think the Angels maybe start getting aggressive because the the key the theme was with Perry early and often and we did not see that this year. Yeah, I I didn't think you would see it this year honestly because they were going to really be tied up in the Shohei Otani market and that was going to dictate how everything went for them. And I think a lot of a lot of free agents were going to look at that as well and be like, "Hey, I'm going to wait for Otani to sign because if I th- there are going to be teams that aren't going to talk to me until I get until Shohei Otani signs just because everyone was like, "Well, it's going to take about 700 million between 500 and 700 to get Shohei Otani. So that's going to take away from me and all these things. So I didn't think you would see the early and often. So I wasn't really too surprised at the way this offseason has gone for the Angels. A couple of things to think about. Artie Marino did talk about selling the team two years ago. I think it's still a possibility. I think there's something where he's at a point in life where he knows like his family doesn't really want the Angels. They, they don't. You know, they they just don't seem to have yeah. that. Uh, they don't have that that drive to want to own the Angels. So he knows that his time is coming to an end. Where it's like, you know what? It, it makes more sense for me to to sell this and, and move on. Um, he's losing Shohei Otani. He already lost Shohei Otani, so he's going to lose some money there. Um, and then you have what, which is funny because nobody has really talked about this until the last couple of days because it just came up again. The TV contracts, which you and I both know the only reason the Angels signed Albert Pujols was TV contract driven, right? He had to find a way to negotiate a TV contract. Does he really want to have to go through another? Because most likely they're going to have to renegotiate a new TV contract with somebody else besides Bally because Bally is done Um, or it looks like Bally is done. So does he want to have to redo this knowing that it's probably not going to be his money? It's probably not going to be anything for him except for more stress and more time trying to do something that really isn't something that he wants to do. So 
he loves, obviously he's a really, really good businessman. He loves what, what he does, but I, I just don't see him holding on to this team too much longer. So I think part of the reason you're seeing this stalemate or, or not too much going on is because he's still trying to figure out like who, if he sells the team, if he sells the team, then the new owner still has the rest of the off season to kind of tell Artie and staff like, Hey, we're okay spending X amount or we're okay, you know, signing so-and-so because the, the one thing that Artie doesn't want to do is, Hey, he goes and signs a guy like Cody Bellinger. The new guy comes in and goes, I want Cody Bellinger on my team. He's not, he he's not the right guy. He doesn't fit this. He doesn't, whatever it is. And now they have to figure out a way to get rid of Cody Bellinger, or maybe they go sign a, a Blake Snell or they go sign a Marcus Stroman or somebody like that. And it's, Oh, I, I don't want this guy. And, so I think that is a big thing. I think the TV contract is a big thing. You put those to get two things together and it makes sense why the angels haven't spent too much money yet. Um, but once there's more clarification on what the TV contract is going to look like, you're going to see that in the next um, two weeks. I believe the 19th is when it's going to come out. So a week and a half um, is when the court date is set for that. So they'll have that. And then I think behind the scenes already is still trying to sell this team because he he understands like where he's at and where this franchise is at. Uh, a, a sale wouldn't happen for quite a few months. I'd say that probably till mid season. Um, even if it started now, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Um, so but, I don't, but I don't like think just the fact of him starting the process, like yeah. and, and let's be honest, he sold he he almost sold the team two years ago. There, there's some there is a site for really rich people that can buy things like it's on the black market. Yeah. Like there's, there's something, it's not the black market, but there's something out there that Amazon. Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, there's a, there's a place where, where people who have enough money to purchase things like this can see that the angels are up for sale. Like I'm sure he never really took them down pub, uh, privately publicly. He took them down privately. They've always been up. And I think he's, he's now trying to figure out what makes the most sense for him long-term. Yeah, well, I mean, every everybody has a price tag, right? Like at, at the end of the day, every everything has everything, and everyone has a price tag. So, um, with that being said, I'll I'll, I'll kind of end this little conversation on this. If Artie were to sell the team um, this off this off season, and I'm not saying the Angels are making any crazy moves, but I'd be I'd I'd be pretty pretty pissed off at wasting another year of Mike Trout. I'd say that, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd be. That that's the one thing I would be tick I'd be pretty pissed at. I'm not I'm not mad about losing Otani. I'm not mad about you know not lo- not winning in the past or anything like that. But like that would be one of the things that like it's like just sell the team last year, the year before, whenever whenever he was supposed to, so that you give these guys an opportunity. I mean, we might be talking about something completely different when it came to Shohei Otani if the Angels did sell the well, team. But that that's the thing. Like you didn't even give the new owner a chance to sign Shohei Otani, and, and I know you and I. With Shohei Otani, it's fine that new, he moved new, on. Where new owner, new, new owner knew everything when it comes to yes. that standpoint. Like you just don't it know what's going to happen. It could have made everything yeah. different, right? Maybe yeah. the Angels don't sign Wash. We are huge fans of Wash, but maybe they go out and get a new GM, a guy who's been there and done that, like yep. a seasoned vet. They get a maybe they end up with Wash. Who knows? But like it just it puts you in a a, a year of. Okay, is Perry going to be the guy? Is Wash going to be the guy yeah. for? And, and it just feels like a waste of a year because you're just waiting to find out what the new boss's directions are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just sucks. I, I 
God, man, it just kills me that they didn't sell it last year. Could have just redefined the uh, redefined the whole organization as a whole. Um, with that being said, let's move on to some more rumors here. I'm trying not to butcher this name. I've been saying it all day. I'm going to work real hard on not butchering this name. As everybody knows, I suck at names. Angels are supposedly, and this comes from Japan, in on Naoki Uwasawa. I think I got that. Crafty righty. No, not bad. Not too bad at all. Um, crafty, <laughs> crafty righty. I'm always worried about those crafty righties. Um, not a big strikeout guy, pitch to contact guy, probably a five, six guy. Um, Angels are rumored to be the favorite. I, I don't know if that's the right term for it, but our room, if you saw the report, they have the supposedly the best offer in for, for this guy here. Uh, There's no way that offer's true. I don't think it's true because if you read the offer that says that the angels are willing to give this guy private, private room and like you think Artie's willing to, to give a guy a private room like that, that that doesn't sound like Artie at all. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but that's a, that it's a very interesting offer. There were, there were a look, couple other things. That it was like, yeah, Artie does Artie doesn't even do that for, for anybody. What do we, what are we talking about? Like, yeah. at least if you're going to lie about the angels being in on him, at least come up with something better because let's be honest, if you know Artie Marino and you know the way he's done things, that is not how he's done things. And, by the way, for those of you listening, Japan also said the Angels were uh, the favorites for Imanaga, and uh, supposedly the Angels didn't even offer Imanaga. Whoa, so, like, never said that. Don't put words into their mouth. No, no, no they, they did. Say, no, they never said Angels. They never said the Angels are the favorites. When did they say that? They, so the Giants, they did. That, the Giants. They no, said the Angels. They, yeah, they were the. It was Angels first. The mm. first team they said was the Angels. Then they backtracked and changed it to the Giants, mm. and then they were like, "Oh, we don't know." Mm, that sounds like agents taking advantage of the angels again. So, um, but back on to, yeah, uh, it sounds like agents, but back on to, uh, Yuki, um, here, crafty righty. If you're signing him for any more than $5 million, he's, he's probably a five, six starter. Um, maybe a bullpen guy. You brought up an interesting, interesting comp Koji Uehara. Um, I don't even know if that's really who he is. Um, but it's it's at least news to talk about, not a big impact guy. And then I guess bigger news to talk about, Angels are in on Jorge Soler. No surprise there. The Angels are still looking for a bat. This comes from Chris Cotillo, um, back east. I think he covers the Red Sox for MLB, if I'm not mistaken. I can't I can't think of who it is off top or what, what he covers off top of my head. But Jorge Soler, this isn't any crazy big news, but um, figure the Angels in on a bat like this. You got anything for me on Jorge Soler before we let everybody go? Just doesn't make a lot of sense for the Angels. Um, it doesn't. It, I just it want doesn't. to make it. I just want a signing so we can talk about it. Like I don't necessarily. I understand. Want Jorge I understand Soler, you want but, a signing, but like I so. want this team to be built to win. And Jorge Soler is a great hitter. He's so, going to hit his two forty five this year, and he's going to hit thirty homers. So at this he, at at this point, let me. I'm gonna let me let me throw this at you. At this point, are the Angels competing? Is there, com- team, is there any way the Angels compete next year in your in your mind? Really? Like, even if they get Bellinger, even if they get Snell, even if they make this weird, giant, like, push and they, they make all these trades, like, is there any way the Angels are competing this year? Sure. Well, sure. I, there, there's a way. Um, it's got to because- be a perfect offseason. And, and what you talk hey. about is trading Taylor Ward, trading Patrick Sandoval. And I, do, I don't see that. All, all I'm saying is nobody before the season was saying the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to the World Series. Not one team. Now one, well, now one person was like the Arizona Di- Diamondbacks are going to the World Series. The Diamondbacks so, were the worst team to make it to the World Series in like fifty years, man. Like that doesn't. Did they, did they make the playoffs? Like, yes, they made the playoffs. Okay, yeah. that did, were people saying the Miami Marlins were going to make the playoffs last year? Uh no, no. Were were people saying the Mets were making the playoffs? 
Um, I think everyone smart, said the Mets smart were making people the were questioning it. I think this I think podcast. every I think everyone had the Mets making the playoffs. Did did people have the Padres making the playoffs last year? Yes. yes. Uh, oh, yes, okay. And, and they didn't make the playoffs. So I'm just I'm just saying here, know. like, just because we expect them not to be good doesn't mean they can't figure things out. It is a different culture. I think Ron Washington is going to bring a different culture. It's going to be a different clubhouse. I am a little bit excited about where the Angels are going. Um, they need a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying the Angels are are one player away from being uh, World Series contenders or even postseason contenders. But I think if you are trying to build for the future and build around guys, I think there's guys that mark that check off both those boxes. And I know I've said Cody Bellinger a million times, it feels like, but he is... He is one guy that makes a lot of sense due to his age, due to his athleticism, and due to uh, where he would fit with this core. This core, you have a really good chance if this core ends up being as good as you think it might be to to be a a, a dangerous team in, in a year, two, three. And Cody Bellinger's age 31, 32, when this team is really, really hitting its, its like ceiling of how good it really could be. So I think there is a possibility. I think Taylor Ward needs to go. I think it makes a lot of sense for Taylor Ward to get traded. He's got three years left of team control. Even if the Angels were to be perfect, you are going to have to re-sign Taylor Ward the year after they make the playoffs. So now you're going to put that on the books. Um, And if the Angels are to be good, Taylor Ward's going to have to be good. Um, So you're going to have to pay him. It's not going to be like, oh, hey, we got him for... Uh, we've got him five years for 15 and he's 31 years old or 33 years old, excuse me. So like, that's another thing is like Taylor Ward is, is a weird, weird player where he's old and still has team control. Um, yes, this team can compete, but they need a lot, a lot of help. They need to go get a starting pitcher, a, a starting pitcher. They need to get rid of a starting pitcher or two. And I know you're looking at me saying, Get rid of starting pitcher. Tyler Anderson cannot be on this roster. Tyler Anderson cannot be on this roster. If this our roster is saying they are competing, Tyler Anderson should not be on this roster. Um, I'm fine keeping Patrick Sandoval. I'm fine keeping Reed Detmers. Um, I'm fine keeping Silseth. And then hopefully the Taylor Ward is bringing back a, a starting pitcher. So now you have four guys and it's a Griffin Canning, Zach Plezak fight for the last job. If you really wanted to make this team like really good, you go get a Marcus Stroman, you trade uh, Griffin Canning, you move Plezak to the bullpen, and it really puts you in a good spot. Why am I out on Jorge Soler? Why was I out on Teoscar Hernandez? Why was why am I out on J.D. Martinez? They don't play a position. Everyone's looking at me going, hey, Teoscar Hernandez is going to play the outfit for the Dodgers. That's great. He is going to play the low-average defense, and we don't even know... Like it was a down year for him. He had a 704 OPS last year with the Mariners. That is not a good year. The Dodgers are really hoping that he just mashes lefties and that um, he doesn't play against righties, which very possible that he does that. But he will be get, he will be getting replaced in the seventh or eighth inning of games because the Dodgers know that he cannot play defense. Angels don't have that luxury where it's like, oh hey, we are so loaded around that. We can have Teoscar play left field for for seven innings, and then eighth and ninth, we're going to go to fill in the blank because we've got such an elite roster that we can go to a guy off the bench. Jorge Soler plays DH. 
for the Angels to be good in this next year, two, three, four years, Mike Trout needs to be able to take days, half days off. He has to be able to DH. Anthony Rendon has to be able to DH. And I know most of his injuries have been freak incidents, you'll you'll point out. But typically, guys that get hurt are guys that get hurt. That's just how it works. Yeah, they're all freak injuries, though. They are. I know. But if there's if there's a way to keep him healthy, it's, hey, play third base four times this week. And you'll DH two times this week. Maybe they're only playing six games that week. Then the next week, it's, hey, we're playing seven games. Guess what? You'll play three games at third and four games at DH. And it's just allowing guys to to move in and move out. Trout can play a corner because you signed Cody Bellinger. Now all of a sudden, Trout's like, hey, I can take a half day off on a different off day. Like Anthony Rendon DH yesterday, Trout's going to DH today. The next day, Anthony Rendon and Trout are both playing defense. And you have, hey, we're facing a really tough lefty. Joe Adele, you're going to DH today. Jury, you're going to play first. Like It just opens up so many more options on a team that that have so many question marks. And you don't want to cement a guy into the designated hitter role on a team that has this many question marks. Like what happens if Anthony Rendon is like, Hey, I can't play defense. And you sign Jorge Soler. What are we going to do? Roll the dice that Jorge Soler can play the outfield or, Hey, we're going to throw Anthony Rendon on the, on the 10 day IL. We're paying the guy 38 million. Here we go again with the IL. Like there are just things like that where Mike Trout, Oh, Mike Trout, like, he can't play defense, but he can hit. Well, we signed Jorge Soler, so go put him in the outfield. Hopefully he he pays off. He he doesn't play defense. J.D. Martinez, he's 37, 38 years old, doesn't play defense. So to answer your question, yes, the Angels have a chance to be competitive and playoff irrelevant. Is it likely? No, but but adding a DH doesn't change the fact for me. Like, Adding Jorge Soler to this roster doesn't make me wake up tomorrow and go, oh my gosh, like not only were we a playoff team, but like we're we're fighting for the division. Like, no. There's not one guy out there on the market that the Angels could go sign that would make me wake up tomorrow and say, This team is for sure a playoff team. With that being said, I did say everybody has their price. Um, and I'm looking for what's gonna happen at the end of July at this point. And I think that Jorge Soler if you sign him to a one-year deal, would look really good in another uniform come July. Um, so that would how be much, How much does a DH in the middle of July when you're out of it, how much does a DH get you? Does it get you an uh, impact prospect? In July? On no, on a, a one-year contract. It gives, it gives me something to talk about in July. But, but does it give me an impact prospect? It could. Who the Angels Probably think? not. It could. Probably not. It very, it very, it very much so could. So, the guy, you're more likely to get an impact prospect by signing Marcus Stroman to a one year deal and letting him pitch and finding out in July, hey, we're not in it, and trade yeah. Marcus Stroman. Like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not signing Stroman to a one year deal. That's my thing. That's I would the thing sign him to a three year deal. I'm signing but, to a three or four but, year deal. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Like, there are other guys that are going to be more valuable because how many teams are looking for DHs in July? They're looking for guys in the middle of the order. Sure. But how many Anthony Santander could be available? That guy could hit in the middle of the order. Josh Naylor could be available. He could hit in the middle of the order. Um, like there are other guys that are going to be available. Where it's like, does it help the Angels to say, well, we signed Jorge Soler to a one-year deal where it's the All-Star break and we have forty-two wins. Time to trade Jorge Soler. Well, the only team who wants him 
I guess I guess we got to trade him to fill in the blank. Maybe it's maybe it's uh it's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's like oh, it's better than buying. It's better than what the Angels did this last this last well, July. It's better than what the Angels have that, done. That wasn't that wasn't smart. <laughs> I that know, was, like just, that was the I'm dumbest thing. You know, like but, that's my thought is like if you want to go sign a big name, go sign Bellinger. That's cool with me. Go sign Bellinger. Well, I'm fine with that. Those, but then go sign, go sign a reliever and build the farm system back up too. Yeah, I th- I think you're better off signing relievers and and hoping if you're not good mm-hmm. than trading guys like that because the the Royals got more for a Rollis Chapman than you would get for Jorge Soler. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So I know we went a little bit long here, but thank you all so much for watching and listening to Talking Halos. Again, you can follow us on all our social medias, X, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow myself on X at Jared underscore Tim's Nate at Nate Green 34 Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.